Hey there, everyone. This is Dave DeBow with another episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. Today, my special guest is Mr. John Simcoe, who is calling all the way in all the way from lovely Vernon, British Columbia today. How you doing, John? Doing fantastic today, Dave. We got a, got a bit of snow, so there's a little bit of driveway shoveling so it doesn't pile up too much, but it's, uh, it's a lot nicer than Fort McMurray. That's for sure. And I'm in beautiful Kamloops, BC. So as we're recording this, it's February. So snow shoveling is part of the scene. Anyhow, if you haven't had the, the chance to meet or uh, hear John speak before, John is a very, very astute real estate entrepreneur. He's been investing for quite a few years now. And uh, I first met John. Oh my God. John, when did we meet? It must have been probably about a decade ago. Yeah, it's probably around, yeah, probably around that. You didn't have quite as many gray hairs. <laughs> <laughs> I have more hairs and less gray of them. So yeah, it's it's been a while. And John is one of these guys that just takes the bull by the horns and goes for it. That's one of my favorite things about John Simcoe. Got started with single family homes, ended up focusing a lot on rent-own type deals and has become Canada's rent-own king. That's what I like to call him because he just he's just absolutely crushing it. So John, welcome to the call. And to get things started, why don't you tell us just very, very briefly how you got involved in real estate investing in the first place? Well, the, the first time I when I first got involved, it was actually, it's a story where oh my goodness like we didn't know anything about what to do bought a house no inspection no nothing and just jumped right in because someone told me I could pay the mortgage and, and taxes and have some money left over and make some passive income so then I, I took an interest in real estate and and the first deal worked out but I realized from taking some training just how risky that really was and then I started to get smart there on out excellent so how did you get involved in doing rent-to-owns and what does that look like in your portfolio now? So I got involved doing rent-to-owns about 10 years ago. And so I took some training with some training with you that you offered at that time. And so I took that and I, I ran with it and I started doing a bunch of tenant burst rent-to-own deals. That's where we go uh, pick a property that's listed. We buy it for someone that that means that basically an A plus type of applicant, they have to meet a very strict criteria. And, uh, and so I would do these tenant first deals and I would raise some capital from other partners and go out and do that style of rent to own deal, which was what got me started. And I loved it because it was very predictable. You knew what rents were coming in, you knew what your costs were and the tenant signed a maintenance agreement. So those were numbers that you could pretty much bank on. You can almost figure it out to the penny of, of what you should end up with at the end of one of these deals. And I just, that's attracted me to it at the start. And then the economy didn't quite cooperate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But is that, so, that's a great strategy as long as everything's going up. But if so, things go flat or go down, then it's a little bit more challenging. So one of the things I really admire about you, John, is, is you adapted very nicely to changing times and turn lemons into lemonades. And actually, I think you probably did better when the recession hit in Fort McMurray. So tell us a little bit about how that worked. Yeah, that was actually really interesting because circa about 2013, 2012, I was uh, getting ready to quit my job and working less and less hours. And so then I'd quit my job because I'd had a bunch of these rent to own deals work out and I was making real money with it. Uh, and it, I could see myself doing that instead of having a job. So I'd already 
quit my job and burn the bridge. And, and then 2013 was a wonderful year of not of being an entrepreneur. It was like amazing to walk into. And then 2014 hit and it slammed me like a brick wall. I can't be buying houses and marking them up because we're at the start of a recession. And the way it turned was literally one month. It was still on fire. And then boom, like it hit, it changed so quickly. And so I had to stop buying homes and doing that. And then I didn't know what to do for a few months and I had to figure things out. And I knew I didn't want to go get a job again. <laughs> that, that, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to try something else. And so I thought since I have a good skill, like having people, you know, fix their credit up, save up their down payment, whatever we need to do to get them into a house at the end of the day, I still had that as a skill and that I could go and help all these other people who are trying to sell their places and are, and are not able to, I could help them be able to still do that transaction. And so I end up getting pretty broad base of clients for all different kinds of reasons that want to sell and all different kinds of people that want to buy. And I, I started to become known as that guy in, in Fort McMurray, the rent to own guy. And I still get calls regularly because of it. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you kind of went from the tenant first to focusing on primarily on sandwich lease type deals. Is that correct? That's absolutely yeah. correct. With your own yeah. little, but you, with your own little twist to it, that's for sure. So you, you've been doing real estate for quite a while, knowing what you know now, if you were to go talk to your younger self, what would you do different? I would definitely take more training at the start. I would always encourage like if you read a book about something and it interests you and there's like a course attached to it, just go take the course. I was pretty quick when there was something that interests me to open my wallet and buy it. I didn't, you know, if it, the answer to what I'm looking for is on the other side of that door, here you go, let me see it, I want in. And so you have to keep doing that, but sometimes it's worth jumping forward. I spent quite a few years where all I did was read books and take notes. And there's nothing quite like taking a more focused course, like like a joint venturing course or raising capital course or rent to own course. Uh, what you know, if you're into flipping, go take a course on flipping and learn from someone who's who's done it, and just try and shortcut those discovery years and just go go take that coaching or, or that training, whatever you want. Don't sit around just on basic things. Something for free can be okay if you want to try it a little bit, but I'd highly recommend getting like some paid content and and going right jumping right into it yeah that's i've made that stupid mistake numerous times myself you know i think hey you know what i'm kind of, i'm pretty smart I've, I've got an idea of what's going on i think i can probably figure this out and then you waste three four five six months bashing your head against the wall when all you really should have done is pay a few bucks and and learn directly from the, the guy or the gal and just save yourself all that crap yeah so i'm i'm with you there my friend that's for sure okay so fast forwarding to now one of the things that you're very i mean you're you've got many many skills and one of your big skills is raising capital. I mean, I, last time we talked, I think you've raised over $30 million in capital to date for different deals. So what would be one tip or one idea that you could give listeners about finding money partners and raising capital? One tip that I would say is always try to get to know the person well enough and they should get comfortable with you. And if you can have a little bit of a system that can shortcut that, it's a little bit better. Like I, I have quite a few different systems that help me be able to raise that type of money because you're dealing with lots of relationships. Someone asked me the other day how many people I, I have for that. And it's a network of active people who want to do these with me. It's about 450 people. So it's taken over a decade, about a decade 
decade to to grow to that. So you know, it, it doesn't they grow one at a time. They don't grow like all the time. So it takes quite a while. And the average person can only comprehend about two hundred relationships. So I put, so I mean, I, I use little systems, things in my phone to remember who they are. Uh, obviously, some people are going to stick out with you more as you're doing that. But you always want to make that person feel special every time you talk to them. Dealing with you or even whether you have good news or bad news, when they call you up, being enthusiastic, you know, you might be the brightest thing that's happening to their day. So make them feel special and, and, and be, be enthusiastic about whatever you're talking about. That's a very, very good point. So I guess a lot of your system would be about follow-up because again, like, like you mentioned, in order for somebody to invest with you, they need to know you, they need to like you, they need to trust you with their money. And that's not going to happen overnight. I, I think a lot of people get into this and they figure, hey, I'll go you know, meet somebody at a networking event and next week they're going to give me a hundred grand for a deal. Doesn't usually work that way, right? You have to develop that relationship and have, like you say, those little tools, those triggers. So that when somebody calls you, when call you call them, you've got some notes on that person and you can have, you know, you can have a personal reference. You can ask about the wife or their kids or their dog or whatever it is. That's absolutely right. That little bit of adding a personal touch really does help out, you know, especially say, say you had dinner with, with the husband and wife and they've done a few deals with you. And now you're talking one-on-one with the husband and you already know they're going to do another one with you because they, they like it. They're ready, you know, especially a repeat person like that. Well, when you're getting off the phone, make sure they say hi to the wife for you because you, you know, the wife too, and she knows you as well. And it's just little stuff like that. It really helps out. No, oh, that's, that's very, very smart. Good advice. So John, I know you offer, you do a couple of different trainings these days. You know, obviously you show people how to do rent own real estate investing that's your forte but you're also showing people how to how to invest their rsps in real estate as well but let's let's look at let's focus on rental so who's kind of your ideal student or client who takes that training program who's who's a good fit for that a good fit for the rent own training program is someone who either a has some properties that they want to be able to sell and to sell them for a decent price uh, without a realtor and and creatively or or someone who has some buy and hold that they're looking to get rid of, that's a good person or the type of person who's kind of just getting started because that's what attracted me to the rental was just how predictable it was and that you don't you don't get those midnight maintenance calls the same way you do from your buy and holds because I have a mix of buy and holds and, and a lot of rent to owns and I, I use the rental money to buy buy and holds with and that's you know and, and then sometimes we use RSPs in there too so I, I do believe that the right person for rent to own is someone getting started who just wants to dip their toes in or someone who wants to actually be able to sell their property for a little bit more and that that's part of why we make so much money in rent to owns is because we're able to, to sell these properties for more for around maximum market value that you could get without without realtor commissions either Yes, that's right. I typically sell most of my properties as rent to owns. There's very few that get a realtor listing sign in front of, or, or I, you know, even right now I'm in a flip that uh, didn't sell. It's, it's a Kelowna house and we fixed it up nice, but now I've got a rent to own buyer in it because I'm, I'm not about to let it sit around for all winter. So I went and found someone at the end of November and he moved in. So problem solved. I'll just (laughs) wait a bit. I'll wait. I'll have to wait a few years. 
but I'm getting about an extra hundred thousand dollars for this property for, for having to wait. So it's just, you know, it's just an extra tool to be able to have. Definitely. No, that's fantastic. So let's say somebody's interested in testing the waters with rent own, but they're not ready to jump right in right now. So what, what would you suggest would be like a good burst, dip your toe in the waters, experiment type thing around rent own? What would you, what would you recommend? What I would recommend is I have a, a free, simple five-step rent to own video training series and it's on on my website i know there'll be some links in in your show notes i'm sure but it's at john simcoe j-o-n-s-i-m-c-o-e.com and there's like a free rent to own training you put your email address in there you will get a few emails from me that are related to the rent to own training and it will sign you up to my monthly newsletter you can unsubscribe if you don't want to i only do send it out once a month so hopefully you stick on on board through past those rent to own emails but you, it'll give you a chance to go through about an hour and a half of video training that I made and you can see what it's like to go from the beginning to the end of a rent to own deal and if you like it there is a paid training course with way more details than that but go check it out and see if you like it for about an hour and a half of your time go through a few of the exercises because I think you'll really like uh, meeting Tom and Sally and helping them get a house sounds good all right so the other thing that you're very very good at like we mentioned is is finding investors raising capital so what kind of suggestions or advice or tips would you give to people who are just getting started with that? How would you suggest they go about bringing up the subject of real estate investing and, and maybe having somebody invest with them? Because I know when you first took a, a crack at that, you went through a lot of rejection. So how could you help people avoid that painful experience that you went through yourself? Well, I think uh, I think what it comes down to a lot of is having the right professional image when you're going to be bringing the subject up. Uh, I think it can be very tough. You know, some people need to go through a little bit of a transformation before they can go out and be taken as, as credible because the first people who, who lent money to me for deals were people who are a little bit outside of my sphere of influence because for several years they had seen me wearing a suit and tie, having a right business card. And, and even though I'd raised zero capital to date for several years and I'm going to these networking events, but I'm acting the part, eventually some people came and, and decided to. And it wasn't until way, way later that I achieved a lot more success with that, that I got my closer family and friends to start seeing me as someone who did that because because I was just some kid who you know, like right out of college, I bought my first property. So be and then nobody really saw from me again. So they just knew me as this college kid. And so when I came, again, for somebody who's watching this or listening to this, what tip yeah. would you give them to kind of shortcut that if there is any? Well, I think that having the right type of follow up system and, and warming them up with kind of like what you say, if people are familiar with your podcast and some of the trainings you do, like your little warm up campaign, mm -hmm. I think that that's probably the best way to get people started to see you as a little bit more professional so that when you do present a deal to those that are interested, that, that you already have a little bit of a head start. Very, very well said. All right, John, all right, we're down to about 30 seconds here, my friend. So it's been fantastic chatting with you. I think we could probably do another podcast episode in the in the future and talk a little bit more about RSP mortgages and whatnot, because that's a, another specialty that you've got. So again, if people want to find out more about you, is johnsimcoe.com the best place to go? That's the best place for any of the trainings and videos. You can type John Simcoe in YouTube. I have a channel there. And I have a How to Build a, a Profitable Real Estate Investing Business Facebook group. And I invite you to come chime in on the discussion over there. Dave's a member and come on in and we'll welcome you to the community. Thanks a lot, my friend. Thanks, Dave. 
Well, thanks very much for checking out the Property Profits podcast. If you like what we're doing here, please head on over to iTunes, subscribe, rate us, and leave us a review. Be very, very much appreciated. And if you're looking to create a regular flow of inbound investor inquiries about your real estate deals, then I invite you to attend one of my upcoming live online demonstrations. And you can check that out at InvestorAttractionDemo.com. Take care.